0: Rooster and the Devil podcast. Rooster and the Devil podcast. Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the American's perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. Years, your computer
1: uh it's 2012 so i'm probably uh a desperate need to, to upgrade
0: do you feel did you like the machine when you first got it
1: yeah i did um i mean, I mean it was a pretty pretty uh pretty new model in 2012 when i bought it
0: so. were you in college at that point
1: uh i actually bought it bright I graduated in 2012, so I bought it, like, probably, like, two months after I graduated.
0: Mm. You're a little older than I than I thought for some reason. I, I thought you were, like, 28. I mean, no, are you 28?
1: We can keep that illusion alive.
0: <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All I mean,
1: right. I'll put it to you like this, Mike. I, I graduated in college in 2012, so you can... You can make whatever inferences you want from that on my
0: age. On my yeah, I don't know. You've got a bad back, so I guess that puts you up there in, in 30s. All right, let's take it take, take it easy. Take Sorry, it easy. man. I, I'm coming out. I guess I've been kind of grumpy lately. I'll, I'll just warn you warn you that.
1: Yeah. How did no uh, you, you feel about uh, the decade ending? What's that like any time for a solemn reflection for you or are you just to the point where now that you have kids you just like, fuck it, I
0: don't even care? Um... You know, I'm a complete curmudgeon. I I looked at the turn of the decade I was like, oh, what, what's the difference? But then I was reading everybody else's like turn of the decade experiences and I was like, oh, well, that, that's nice, but I'm still myself a curmudgeon. It doesn't make a big difference. New, new decade. Yeah, you know? I think, like, for me, <laughs> just because like
1: I'm like probably, a, like a slightly or widely behind you in life stages, going back because you have a you have a kid, so it's like it's a, probably and I don't have kids, so it's probably a little different for us. But like I was like pretty wistful about like decade ending, which is probably stupid. No, like you it's know, not like, stupid. I lived through my twenties this past decade and like, you know, I graduated college and I did all that, like, you know, young people stuff. And now I'm like, uh, sad that like that part of my life is behind me, but you know, yeah.
0: I mean, it is, cra- I did stop to think at points. Wow. A decade passed and I was out of college that entire decade, which is crazy. I graduated in 2009. I feel like I was just in college partying it up and, not doing schoolwork when I should have.
1: Well, I think like the biggest, like the biggest sign of like difference for me is I was thinking about, and I tweeted about this, I don't know if you thought, but um, I remember like I was thinking back like New Year's Eve, 2009 turning into 2010. And like, I was like, okay, so what did I do? Me and some friends, like we went out, we walked around, we found some like house party that we didn't know anybody out. We like knocked on the door <sighs> We made up some name. We were like Cassandra's in there. She told us to invite us over. We like, you know, we went in. We went to this like random person's party, and it's just like, I would never do that now.
0: Oh no, but that that was that's my exact experience. What you just said, or you'd kind of know one person that told you to come by, and then there's some guy that answers the door that's like, "Who are you? Who are you?" Yeah, I Get think, out of here. I
1: think this year, like, I, I like watched the Twilight Zone all day, and I think I was in bed by like eleven. 11
0: o'clock at night. Huh. <laughs> I'm in bed. If, generally, I'm in bed at, like, 10. Last night, I went to bed around 10.45, and I'm tired today because the baby is up at 5.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I think, like, we've been talking, Anna and I have been talking about, like, you know, inching closer and closer to, like, having a baby sooner than later, and it definitely, like, terrifies me to my very soul.
0: Yeah, it should, but it's also... It's also really nice. Like everything everybody says positive about being a parent is true. Yeah. You don't have to I, reiterate I, it because everyone I, says I, it a million times. But I hope
1: so. I've always had this like fear that like, you know, like it'll be like Anna gets pregnant, and then like seven months into the pregnancy, I just black out and I come to in Mexico and I've like discovered <laughs> I've abandoned my family. So
0: the first nine months slot into the baby, you get five you get nine full months to process what's happening. For for, yeah. for your wife, she's immediately into it but you'll uh, yeah you'll you'll go through some some mental stuff in the nine months but it's all preparing you for the baby and then by the end of the nine months your wife is so whiny that you're ready for the baby as well
1: well like I've had this like this uh (laughs) kind of like running joke with Anna that it's like actually probably like way less of a joke she like realizes where I'm like So maybe the baby's born and like your mom moves in and I move out. And then around like 24 months, we trade places again.
0: It wouldn't be so bad.
1: No. (laughs)
0: But (laughs) uh, here we are. Yeah. So I want to just remind the listeners since we're now a couple minutes in, just talking about very random stuff, how we know each other, Uh, Noah and I. We're NBA reporters together, quasi NBA reporters, but Noah continues to write and write well about basketball narrative, and I had him on the podcast a few months ago to try to convince him that soccer is great, and we also talked about our disenchantment, uh, disenchantment with the NBA, and that's where we are today. Um, are you still disenchanted with the NBA? Have you been watching at all?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think... Uh I am disenchanted with the NBA and I do still watch and I do still love, I do still love the NBA, but, uh, the disenchantment is still there. I think, um, you know, we talked about it last time. I don't necessarily like the stylistic, uh, or the aesthetic of what the NBA has become, with, you know, this like positionless, everyone does the same thing. Everyone jacks threes. Um, and I also think, we also touched on last time, just as you get older, you kind of start to realize more of the business of professional sports, and that kind of, you know, that, that grates a little bit, too. you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. I actually saw an argument on a subreddit about ticket prices in, in Britain and how they try to keep them low for the working class people and comparing it to american ticket prices where you know it's by a per game basis the better games playoff games are more expensive and kind of pricing out the working class man which blah 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 you know that's i don't know well i don't know i, think, I don't know like, what you want to do with that
1: for for for, for both of us i think like because i mean you're a way bigger nicks fan than i am but like my
0: was mom, i'm not you, anymore I mean,
1: you, yeah you were a way bigger nicks fan than i was and you know my my mom grew up in New York, so I've always been like Knicks adjacent. I've never really been like a Knicks fan, but I've always kind of had like a, you know, somewhat of a rooting interest in how they do. And it's just like, at this point, how can you justify, you know, putting money in James Dolan's pockets?
0: Like, I don't, I don't, I,
1: I would, I, I would love to go to a game at Madison Square Garden. I think that's like a bucket list. It's like, I don't even watch the Knicks on TV anymore It's like doing anything that supports it kind of makes me feel like somewhat nauseous
0: yeah my favorite i think my peak nickdom was actually 2010 is my first year out of college and my wife was still in college for another year girlfriend at the time and uh i just would go into msg with two friends and go to just all the games for for super cheap and then we wait outside of the player's entrance and and heckle them and I actually remember my friend, Andrew Dykstra, heckled Jared Jeffries. And he's, he's like, uh, you wouldn't even make my high school team. And then Jared Jeffries got out of the car and said, who said that to me? And my <laughs> friend uh, just kind of walked away. He got very scared when the large man <laughs> came after him. But well,
1: So I was, th- I was thinking about this in like this very odd, like, kind of tranquil, reflective, wistful New Year's Eve. I had like a, you know, in between like. You know moments of self-loathing. I, you know, got on the like, loathing of James Dolan. And like I was thinking to myself, like, well, what were the most egregious things James Dolan did this decade? And there's like, you know, a couple things. I mean, he, you know, having Charles Oakley thrown out—that's got to be at the top. Oh, um, unforgivable. Do you remember the uh, the open letter that like 70-year-old fan sent him, and then he that like, he emailed to Dolan. Somehow he got Dolan's email address. And then Dolan sent him back a really long-winded, just, like, hateful, completely (laughs) lack of self-awareness response where he accused him of being an alcoholic, accused him of alienating, like, you know, all of his friends and family.
0: Wow. I didn't hear that one. I never read that one. I do remember when he he kicked the, the fan out of the arena for saying he should sell the team.
1: It's like, dude, what is wrong with you? And then, I mean, like, moving beyond that, like, like, have you ever listened to J.D. and the Straight the Straight Shot, his band?
0: I have. I have listened to it. I've oh. looked it up.
1: Okay. You know how many albums he sold? He he put out that J.D. and the Straight Shot put out an album in 2016. You know how many albums they sold?
0: Uh, less than the number of season tickets sold to MSG, which is oh, pathetic.
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs> but it's, it's I, I mean, what if you had to guess, how many would you guess?
0: Ooh. I mean, I feel like a man that rich has got to be able to sell 10,000 copies.
1: He sold 113 copies.
0: <laughs> Good. That's amazing. I he he pr- pr-
1: off of the fact, he's got a limitless budget for PR and, for, and marketing. He has recording.
0: it's like recording. a big difference.
1: He, because, he, because of his role at uh, with uh, Madison Square Garden, he's basically bullied the Eagles. Uh, I think... ZZ Top, some other really like well-known bands, to letting him open for them. He, uh, because of because of his because of his role in cablevision, he's forced like TV shows to use his music, and it's like you still you do all that, you still only sell one hundred thirteen copies. You diluted sack of crap.
0: This is an epic James Dolan rant, and I'm I'm all for it.
1: And he he also basically uh, has done more harm to the fedora industry than uh, jason whitlock which
0: is a nice i i <laughs> i remember him playing with the fedora on with his band uh he, fedora and guitar that's what i remember most that's like the only thing i remember about the video
1: yeah and he uh he i don't know if you've listened to if anyone's listened to uh he did a song about harvey weinstein who he was i guess very good friends with which is
0: ooh sketchy
1: sketchy yeah it's basically like a a mea culpa of like I should have done something, but it's just really diluted and out of touch and freaky.
0: Ooh, I gotta look that thing up.
1: Yeah,
0: Harvey Weinstein. Just writing that down. James Dolan. What a what a dream team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's funny too. I don't know. Did you did you uh do you like take in any like it, it, it's not my thing, but like did you take in any of like the Golden Globes?
0: Uh, no, but I did see you retweet Ricky Gervais's video and i watched the video and it's spot great. on it's great did you
1: did you see or follow or are you aware at all of like the chet hanks who's tom hanks's son little little drama from
0: the i i also watched that uh him rapping on, on video which is hilarious uh, yeah so he's I, crazy he's a crazy I, I, person I, the,
1: my, the point of bringing up chet hanks is like i feel like young <laughs> chet hanks become old james Dillard, if that makes any sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Entitled music career, yeah, exactly. exactly. Chet Hanks, did you watch the rest of the Golden Globes?
1: No, I, I, I it's not my thing. I, somebody forwarded me the uh, the Ricky Gervais monologue, which I appreciated, and that was the extent of my watching.
0: It's so, it's so harsh, <laughs> but but just perfect. And I love how many times it's been retweeted. It's like I hope celebrities actually see that and realize that they're just as stupid as the rest of us yeah and worthless really
1: yeah yeah i mean the the uh the entertainment industry provides very little very little like social good um which i think you could make the you could easily like catapult from that like what at this point social good is like the nba but
0: i i wanted to dive into soccer earlier but this just leads us right into. I saw you making a bunch of Donald Sterling tweets, yeah. and just a fascinating character. If you haven't listened to the thirty for thirty on Donald Sterling, it's just yeah, it's, it's a, one a one I, I, of a kind I, I, listen.
1: Yeah, I listened to it over the summer. It's really good, and he's he's a fascinating character. And it, it it's kind of like, yeah, okay. So he was racist, it's bad, but like besides besides <laughs> being caught on tape. Saying he's saying what he said. What has he? What did he do as an owner that's worse than anything James Dolan?
0: What did he do that was worse than James yeah, Dolan?
1: I, I, I I'm not, I'm not like a, defending Donald Sterling. He's, no. uh, he's gross. But I'm just saying, like, is he really that much worse than James Dolan? Was he that much worse than James Dolan?
0: I mean, I think <laughs> the, <laughs> there some really awkward. Awkward locker room stories where he'd prayed around his players that was just absolutely cringeworthy. But that, as that an cringeworthy owner, cringeworthy. as just an owner, yeah, I guess Dol- I wonder, does Dolan doesn't heckle the players on the court. Like, that's
1: yeah, and, and I mean, and, 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 okay, like, wait, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit and say, yeah, okay, Sterling is a little bit worse because Sterling did jack the team from San Diego and illegally move them the, to LA. So, like, Dolan hasn't done that but at the same time. Like, if Dolan owned
0: a team in a secondary market,
1: do you really think he'd move? Hello? Hey,
0: can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, I think I lost you for a second. But if Dolan owned a team in a secondary market, you'd think he'd move?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think he would I think he he's he was I just I don't think like his his moral scruples are like any any better than, than Sterling's
0: No, no, he's he's gotta be moralist.
1: And also, I mean, if we're just to, like, bookend what we were just talking about, he also did – didn't he do the thing with the New York Post where he, uh, he like, banned them from, like, coming to, like, a, a Knicks post game once?
0: Yeah, he, yeah, the way they control the media. But to be fair, New York Post is absolute garbage. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, yeah, it's garbage.
0: <laughs> but it's a big publication that yeah. should have access.
1: But, yeah, the Donald Sterling, the Donald Sterling podcast was uh, really good. Very, yeah. very much worth a, worth a listen. And, I mean, to, to just, like, if we're covering all these, like, you know, NBA things before we move on, um, I think it, what's interesting to me is with David Stern just dying, um, how when he first came into the league as the uh, – when he was first named commissioner, like, the first, I think, big thing that he had to deal with was uh, Sterling hijacking the Clippers from San Diego to L.A. I
0: can't believe, yeah, he, he's dead. Pouring yeah. out for David.
1: Yeah. It's it's weird, too. I don't know how you felt about that because he, like, one, I, I think, like, in a lot of ways, I was, like, a David Stern fan, which is weird yeah. because he, like, his job was really to just, like, maximize the amount of money that rich people could make. So it's like weird to be like a fan of somebody whose job that is, but I was like a David Stern fan in a weird way. So I was definitely was sad about that. But no, I just it's it's just funny that um, talking about Sterling and uh, Dolan, David Stern, how uh, he kind of uh, his first big thing was Donald Sterling, and I think you know around the time Stern left, Dolan was acting up. So it's funny that that book ended his career.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dave, you know, he was the commissioner for so long. I yeah. do wonder how much of the growth was natural and how much was David Stern-led. But I do like all these stories about him saying crazy shit like a, like a mob boss. I didn't know that side of David Stern existed, really.
1: Well, I mean, I think it got like huge like Twitter Twitter replays right after it passed. But I mean, do yeah. you remember when he said to Jim Rome, do you
0: still Yeah, play? I watched that one. I, I saw that in this uh you know, in this recent David Stern news cycle.
1: And he also, do you remember when he... Uh, <laughs> what did he
0: say again? What was it? Like, something about, beat, do you still beat your wife?
1: Like, do you still... He was like, do you still beat your wife after Jim Rome asked him if, uh, it was like the draft lottery was fixed?
0: Did Jim Rome get a domestic violence charge against him? I didn't actually follow up on looking that one up.
1: No, I don't think so. I think he was just trying to make a point that um, Jim Rome was basically like, if you like, in answering that question, like, like it's like the question itself is like beneath like anyone's dignity because it's like if I ask you, do you still beat your wife? If you say yes, okay, oh. beat no, <laughs> Okay, you beat your wife.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, that's crazy that he said that on te, what was it a television show or a radio show? Yeah. <laughs> still, well, my favorite nuts. part. Of, my favorite
1: part of that whole interview too. Is at the end of it when Stern gets off, he says to Rome, he's like, I have to call more important people like Stephen A. Smith.
0: Oh. Stephen A. Smith, was he legitimate at that point in time?
1: Uh, I think he had already kind of gone down the rabbit hole that he's he's down, where he's become this just like egregious caricature of 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 a really yeah. loud troll.
0: He yeah, he's like the voice of Twitter.
1: I mean, at one point. If I'm not mistaken, I think in the '90s he was an NBA reporter, and I think he was he was like okay, and then sure. he and then he ended up on. Do you remember uh, CNNSI, the short-lived cable network in like the late '90s?
0: Kinda, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think he got his start there on TV, and then he ended up uh, on ESPN, and then I think he just kept getting deeper and deeper into this like character, this character, and it's like at this point I think it's like the master
0: He's very rich off that character, so I'm not hating Stephen A. Smith. I'm a yeah, sellout. Deep down, I'm a sellout.
1: Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> that's the thing. Like the reason, like we like, I think like, there's something like intrinsic in people. Like we like people who aren't sellouts because we know that, like you know, given the opportunity, we probably are a sellout. And there are like so few people who aren't sellouts.
0: Yeah. You just want to make a little dough, live comfortably, you know. Yeah. All right, so I gave you a soccer homework assignment. We'll, we'll make the switch from basketball to, to soccer here. I saw LeBron James tweet about Liverpool. I always have kind of known that he was a minority owner in Liverpool. So that was part one assignment. What, what do you know about LeBron's ownership of Liverpool?
1: So I believe... And I want to say the beginning of the decade, 2010, 2011, maybe he put up maybe like six million dollars, five million dollars, somewhere in that ballpark for a very small ownership state in Liverpool. And I believe looking at that as just an investment, I think it's now worth something, 35 million dollars. Forty million dollars.
0: That would not be surprising. I, I especially the way Liverpool's been winning in the last couple of years. They're they're insane. They're the Warriors right now.
1: The thing about LeBron that's so interesting to me. It's like say what you want about him. Like, look, is he the basketball player? Just from for my two cents, is he the basketball player that Jordan was or Wilt was or Kareem was? No. Is he? Uh, did did he take basketball as seriously? Did he relish the role of villain the way Kobe did? Did he make me feel like I had to watch? Like I've never felt like LeBron was like a primetime ticket the way Kobe was. But I think what's different about LeBron is he really is savvy. And he really, really, really knows what he,
0: he really he's a smart dude.
1: Yeah, he's a smart dude and he makes good business decisions and he's, you know, surrounded himself with people who know what they're doing.
0: He is just <laughs> He's exorbitantly wealthy off of, off of basketball. I mean, yeah, but that's I'd,
1: that's the thing. It's like he's exorbitantly wealthy off of basketball, but it's like a lot of people have played in the NBA. A lot of people have gotten huge. I mean, like, you no, know, not to not to throw dirt on one of my favorite players of all time, but like look at Antoine Walker. You know, he he had was like an eighty-eight million dollar contract, and he ended up completely broke. So it's like,
0: yeah, it's,
1: it's easy to burn through a lot of money, and LeBron is always added to his. His wealth. He's always used basketball as a vehicle to uh,
0: kind of. He'll have enough. I mean, he owns. He's you know minority owner in Liverpool, but he's going to own some sports teams. There's no doubt that's in his future. Probably yeah, an NBA he, team.
1: I, I I would be shocked if he didn't own an NBA team at some point. And um, I think is he the only? I feel like there are a couple other guys. I don't know for sure, but I feel like there are a couple other guys around the NBA or the NFL who have kind of like bought stock in uh early, but i could be wrong
0: about that oh, we should definitely look that one up but we'll look it up later
1: yeah
0: yeah so i saw on lebron's post there are some uh nba fans that are premier league uh fans as well nba players or former nba players so richard jefferson is an arsenal fan bullshit <laughs> and then i know kyle kuzma is a chelsea fan Looks like Maverick Carter, who's one of LeBron's, uh, his business guy, he's also a Liverpool fan. Did you see any others? Did you get a chance to look that up?
1: Well, I think it's like, there's a couple ways to look at this. Uh, You know, who's a fan of who, or how is, like, soccer impacted NBA players? And it's like, to me, like, who who, who has the best footwork of any NBA player that, or, or who has the best footwork for any NBA big that you can
0: any NBA big currently?
1: All time, all time.
0: Who? I mean, I, I think you got to throw Giannis in there as a, as a current class of NBA big with just amazing footwork and athletic ability. But uh, historically, I, I don't know. What, what's your take?
1: Well, I mean, I think you have to say Akeem one, right? Yeah. What oh, did, yeah. What, what did Akeem one grow up playing? Played soccer. Exactly.
0: Joel Embiid, another uh, another soccer player.
1: I think um, – I remember I, like, looked up a quote from Akeem once about kind of how soccer impacted just kind of his ability as a basketball player. Because I don't think he even started playing basketball until he was, like, 17 years old or, like,
0: late. I believe that's true.
1: Late late teens, and I remember he talked all about uh, how those, the the uh, footwork he learned in like youth soccer and you know coming through like the soccer system made such an impact on him as a, uh, as, a as a you know as a big man. And he was kind of like the first uh, the first guy to really do what he was doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, people still try to emulate what what is was doing, and and can't quite do so. Although the post up move. Analytically, as Rick Carlisle has said, is kind of uh, out of the current NBA game, which is unfortunate.
1: Which is unfortunate, and you know who else? Who Hakeem worked with some years ago? Who we all love? Who also grew up playing soccer? Taco Paul.
0: He he grew up playing soccer.
1: Grew up playing soccer.
0: And Where's he from?
1: Uh, he's from um Senegal. Yeah.
0: Uh, huh. And
1: he he is also uh attributed. You know what he learned as a soccer player with helping him as a uh, with, with helping his footwork as an NBA
0: player you could see that making a huge difference honestly like yeah. talk about cross talk about playing multiple sports at, at once which kids in America don't seem to do anymore but you could see how developing your feet at, at a young age in soccer would be extraordinarily helpful when a basketballs in your hand
1: and I could be mistaken I think this is true that Kobe, until he got until he, like you know until he got into his teens, I think when he was living in Italy, he was playing as much soccer as basketball, if not
0: more. He's a big soccer fan, I know that.
1: Yeah, he is he was at you know I know he was at the World Cup or he's been at the World Cup a couple times and I know he was as a kid was actually a goalie, which goes back to something we talked about the last time I did the podcast.
0: Huh. I bet he would have been a damn good goalie.
1: Yeah, he was a goalie, and then he was a uh, midfielder. I think when he around the time he stopped playing. Football.
0: I you know I just googled it real quick. He's an AC Milan fan, which is uh, an Italian team. Because Gr- <laughs> he grew up because his dad yeah, played professional basketball grew. in Italy, right? And he, I think he played with D'Antoni. I believe his dad played in Italy with D'Antoni, who's like an I, Italian megastar.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that.
0: Yeah. And uh, our boy Zlatan Ibrahimović just signed with uh, AC Milan at 30, 39 years old, which is kind of cool.
1: So I am curious um, what your take on this is, because we talked about when you texted me, we texted a little bit about Landon Donovan in San Diego. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what is your take on the impact Zlatan had on the MLS?
0: Um, I think – Diehard fans of MLS pre Zlatan were very impartial to Zlatan and kind of like, ah, he doesn't affect the game. Like he didn't affect viewership at all, but I know I didn't pay attention to MLS before Zlatan and he was just a quote machine and scoring world-class goals that would be, you know, top 10 goals of the week across any league in the world. And I I think he's great for MLS, whether MLS fans believe that or not, but...
1: Do you think him leaving is uh, – because he's, he's now done playing in the MLS,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, he's playing uh, – he's back in Italy. And I I don't think – I don't know. I, I think he has a lasting impression because I think I will kind of pay attention to at least El Trafico, which is that LA FC versus LA right. Galaxy game. Right. And I think that, that, game, that game got very popular, and it was talked about even on the world soccer stage, which was – which is interesting for MLS and not something you would see before Zlatan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, for me, as somebody who, like, doesn't really pay much attention to anything in the soccer world, I definitely took note of the comings and goings of the MLS a lot more with him in it than than I had, you know, before he he was playing. And I'm sure I'll pay attention less now, so that's indicative of anything.
0: Yeah, I mean... Do you have any interest at all in following soccer?
1: You know, I actually, I, so the answer is like, I think yes and no. The, I just, I don't understand the game. So it's hard for me to really, to really, you know, get into it because I don't understand the game. I don't know what I'm watching. Sure. But at the same time, and we talked about this before, there is something about the narrative of soccer that I, I find very appealing. Um, whether that's, you know, uh, an aging superstar like Platon playing in the MLS or if it's, uh, you know, the lifestyle of MLS players or if it's just the crazy, crazy fan stuff you see um, in the Premier League. I mean, it's, all that's, like, really interesting.
0: The relationship between soccer fans or supporters, as they would say, and their teams is fascinating to me. I, They just the players feel like they owe the fans, you know, some gratitude for showing up. And I don't know. It's just a, a mutual respect between supporters and the players. And they all have like little songs. If they do something well on the field, you can kind of hear it in the stands. And like, there's those little nuances when you're listening like that. I, uh,
1: I think too, <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of that has to do with, just that it's soccer and soccer is just like religion in a lot of places. But also from what I know about like a lot of basketball overseas from I've been to I've been to, uh, I've been to a pro basketball game in Iceland. I think like the fan relationship between, the, you know, the, the, the fans, and the players and the fans and the teams with basketball, professional basketball in a lot of places abroad. I think it's very similar
0: Huh. That. That's interesting. The NBA is so far from that, and, and I don't remember it ever being that way. I always feel like it was almost players versus fans and versus ownership in a way.
1: Well, it's like, can we – is it – you know, I was I was by uh, the San Diego Sports Arena last weekend, which is where the Clippers and the Rockets, when they were in San Diego, played as NBA teams. And it's interesting because it's such a dump. It's, <laughs> it's no thrills. It's just a cold, like
0: – I love it
1: gross or it's hard to fathom that nba teams played in this place and there's like no room for like these like you know kind of like what the the old expression like bread and circuses it's like it's just basketball you're in yeah you're in this uncomfortable environment but the show is basketball. that's
0: it that's what it that's what i love about uh english soccer as well and especially so They have a domestic cup right now. It's called the FA Cup. Mm -hmm. So basically all four divisions in English soccer compete in a NCAA tournament style competition for the cup. But you see upsets, but you're also playing like League Two, Fourth Division stadiums. And they're like 15,000 capacity and the same thing. Just like bare bones, cool ass old stadiums. They've been around for 40 years and I just love the look. Can't get enough of it.
1: Yeah, and it's like I mean, it those like places like that are perfect because they're just showcasing the, the, the uh the sport. And that's the sport is what we love. I don't I don't I don't wanna be on the kiss cam. You know what I the, mean? The
0: NBA in game arena atmosphere is it's just I don't like it. It's not really, for me.
1: Like honestly, I don't even like watching League Pass sometimes because it just showcases and highlights so much of the bullshit that's going on in the arena. And I'm like, this isn't what I'm watching (laughs) for.
0: Yeah, I I will say too what I like about soccer is how much a goal can mean. In basketball, it's just constant scoring, which, don't get me wrong, playing basketball is better than playing soccer, in my opinion, because you get to score the ball a lot. But in soccer, I think it's cool. Every once in a while, you'll see like a Goal on the second minute, 1-0, and then the whole – that as soon as you get a goal in soccer, it changes the entire complexion of the game. And I understand when people are frustrated watching 0-0 90-minute ties. That stinks. But the majority of games have goals, and a goal changes everything. And it's a possession-based game. So, I mean, if you watched, you would see how – important possession is and that's what i've noticed most in in my two years and then just the different styles of teams some teams are built to absorb the pressure and then release like very quickly and that's how they score their goals uh i don't know It's just possession possession is very important in soccer and i think to the untrained eye that's what 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 gets missed
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i Listen, I think if you were gonna say what sport is most similar to basketball, I think you would say soccer. Not 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 saying the games themselves are necessarily that. So I don't know enough about soccer to say, but I just think there's this kind of like fluid, artistic. It's it's I don't know. When you watch great basketball, it's almost like you're watching like a you know performance
0: art, right? You yeah, want- I mean when a team's on a nice like a ten o run, that's cool. It yeah, and cool. I
1: think like you get that with soccer, and I think you know even even like someone like myself who knows nothing about the game, I think you like it's easy to appreciate kind of that like the aesthetic beauty of
0: soccer. Yeah, they're both pretty sports. Yeah, it, they require athleticism more than I would argue hockey does.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hate on hockey. But it's, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not gonna. Nothing. Nothing is ever going to make me watch a hockey game at this point.
0: I can't either. I've tried. I don't know. Something about hockey I don't like. I'm sorry. Rooster in the ease. and the devil We don't have also, e. I think
1: to eat. Uh, to just uh, back to move back a point to what we were just talking about with uh, uh, basketball players developing footwork as you know soccer players um, as kids. Who's another great example of that? I think Steve Knapp, Right.
0: Oh yeah. He's and a Tottenham Hotspur fan.
1: And Steve Nash, I believe father and brother were both professional soccer players.
0: I have looked up that before. I, I know his brother was kind of floating around some lower leagues for a while. And it seems like Steve himself could have been a pretty excellent soccer player. And his is, anomaly in the, in the NBA game, short little white guy, just being a baller. Is
1: he – I've also read – I don't know if this is true, but is he – uh one of the owners of the vancouver mls team
0: i don't know if it's vancouver i he, he very well might be but i know he owns a he's part owner of a spanish club called, called Mallorca that just got you know they uh won promotion to the first division so they're playing in la liga in spain but i don't know he very well could own part of the, the whitecaps
1: Yeah, I don't know. I always just kind of felt like, you know, with him, Juan, even Kobe, it's just kind of like the way they move is very, like, it it would just be easy to, like, picture them on a a soccer field.
0: Yeah, flow. Exactly. There's also – there's weird cases of soccer players that are so good that – but they disrupt flow. You know, the game will be flowing, 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 quick passes, quick passes, and all of a sudden the person will get the ball and, like, do – movements you've never seen before and just be so good at like changing direction of the game. And that that's like the, the midfield area of soccer is the most fascinating part to watch, which is why a zero zero tie can be super interesting. Cause there's just this battle in the midfield. Yeah. I don't know. Soccer. I like it.
1: I, I hear you. I'd love to be able to throw back at, well, you know like what happens around the goal is. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> all right. Do you want to pick a team? Do you want to pick a Premier League team? I got a little quiz.
1: I think uh, I've, I've tried to do this before with some friends. It, it, it is, uh, all right, let's 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 take the quiz, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you my my personal. My, okay, my, yeah,
0: it's my a 10-question ten, ten quiz, all right? Okay. Just randomly found on the internet, but we have done it before on the podcast. Historically, how good have your current favorite sports teams been? Trash, like the Cleveland Browns trash, but I'm still a diehard fan. We, uh, we win a championship every like 50 years. That's B C pretty up and down D we're usually competing for championships or E I only like rooting for really good teams.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, that one's out right away because anyone, anyone who knows me when it comes to like my sports fandom knows I'm always attracted to the (laughs) losers. And like, you know, my basketball team, the Sonics, they don't even exist anymore. So there's that, um, and then I'm a, you know, I'm not really an NFL fan anymore, but like the, the longest tenured team I'm actually like a fan of is the Minnesota Vikings, who are like the saddest bridesmaid who's ever been.
0: <laughs> yeah. Vikings. All right. I'm going to put trash like Cleveland Browns, because I don't know what else to put.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said, the Sonics don't, <laughs> the Sonics only like basically exist in like a, you know, a,
0: a, a you know an internet realm. Yeah. I'm into the Sonics internet realm, though. And Damn. if a team ever moved back to Seattle, they'd still get that moniker.
1: Oh, 100%. They'd have to. Yeah. All right. How
0: do you decide to root for, A, my local teams? Or how do you decide to root for? That's the question. My local teams, sometimes my local team, sometimes that I – some teams that I liked watching growing up. C, who my favorite players play for, or D, the best teams? And I'm sorry. I'm really bad at, at saying the uh, – Number it's associated to. I,
1: I think. Uh, I, I think for me, it'd probably be at this at this point, just because I don't really have ties. It's I all I all you know my my viewership of the NBA, for example, is, is very player driven.
0: Yeah. So who my favorite players play for? Who my
1: favorite players are. Exactly.
0: Yeah. You know. I think
1: I think that is an interesting aside of kind of the difference between Premier League the Premier League and the NBA, which it's like... I'll give you that. Yeah, it's like the the NBA is such a player-driven league, and, you know, you're
0: not... We've always liked similar players, too. The Michael Beasleys of the world.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: Who else do you like in the NBA?
1: I could end this quiz right now by just saying whatever player is most similar to Michael Beasley, whatever team he's on is one of the fans.
0: Ooh, let me think about that. Michael Beasley equivalent. Hmm. You know, I have a candidate actually for you. Okay. It's called Wat—it's called Watford. There, but the problem is, they're probably going to move down to the second division this year. But I'll tell you why. Because Troy Deeney is their captain. It's got a fascinating history.
1: Oh wait, Ta- let me let me let me pause you right there. Because having listened to your podcast a couple times, I believe Troy Deeney is a name that comes up
0: often. Often, we love Troy Deeney. <laughs> So you Troy, like Troy fucking Are you trying to convert
1: me into a Troy Deeney fan or are you actually trying to
0: get me a team? I just think he's very Michael Beasley like. Interesting. He's had troubles with the law. Still uh, you know although he's captain, Michael Beasley's still kinda just hanging around the league. So maybe that's not maybe Jack Wilshire. Maybe uh there's a guy that used to play for Arsenal that, you know, drank too much, partied too much, kinda crashed out and now plays for West Ham, which is a London team. And they're, they'll hang around the Premier League for a long time. They're kind of close to dropping to the next division. I don't think it's going to happen. And they're a big club, so they'd be kind of fun to follow, and you'd be able to watch them.
1: What uh, what team would you say is the biggest joke perennially in the Premier League?
0: Well, the thing about the thing about that is, if they're too big a joke, they go down the division, which is awesome. Yeah, a, but. I guess the biggest joke is probably, people might hate me for this, but I've only been watching two years, but Everton's been a pretty big joke.
1: Well, so the reason I ask is, you know, I, I think another thing about, about me and fanhood is like when I used to play Madden back in the day, what I would always do is I would pick for franchise mode, like the whatever team the previous season had been worst in the NFL, I would pick them as like my team. And then I would sign all of, like, the, uh, the old washed-up free agents who were still in the game, <laughs> even though they hadn't played in, like, two years. <laughs> and I try to turn them to <laughs> football team, so.
0: Yeah. That's what's fun. The tragic
1: cases, yeah. You know,
0: maybe we should pick you a league, like a Division Two team, Leeds United. They're traditional power, but trying to make their way up to the next league. I don't know. Maybe I'm just falling on deaf ears, though. Maybe you'll never be a soccer fan.
1: I, I mean, listen, I, I got to be a fan of something. And the way things are going, I just kind of get more and more annoyed at the NBA every day. And, you know, we talked about it last time. I'm not going back to baseball. You know, the NFL, the NFL, I find, irksome too. So it's kind of like I need something.
0: All right, let's continue the quiz and that's the only way. All right. Question three, in what kind of style do you like your team to play? Boring, conservative, whatever. I just want them to win. I don't hate low-scoring games, but I prefer not to root for the most boring team. I like teams that are the most entertaining to watch.
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Hmm. I do like teams that are entertaining to watch. But like I said, I also like, I really like the, you know, going back to NFL, I really like, like, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. I like old quarterbacks who, like, aren't doing much but throwing checkdowns and, like, the only hope of winning is making out like a, a thirteen to ten, you know.
0: Sounds entertaining to me.
1: Exactly, <laughs> I think, you know, like whoever whoever wins the time of possession battle, maybe they'll have a chance to win that way.
0: Do you still watch football?
1: I I watched like maybe five. I'd say I watched five Vikings games this season. I watched almost no other games besides Viking games, and then I watched the Vikings playoff games. I still, I still. If the Vikings are in the playoffs, I still watch. But I'm not week in week out. I'm not watching.
0: I still don't hate football. I just, for some reason, haven't watched it this year. Yeah. As far as American sports, that's probably still the one I'd, I'd be like, okay, this this game's good. Actual gameplay, I I like football.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, listen, it's 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 a lot of fun to watch. I think that, you know, like the NBA, I I, I don't like some of the aesthetic changes that have happened with it but i can even look i can look beyond that more so than i can with basketball i think like the curmudgeon in me that's like really fed up with billionaire owners just doesn't want to do something that's going to find that's going to help them financially but i think that's my biggest problem yeah
0: yeah the owners all right how important is a strong fan base to you no support a ton of support. I don't really care. I prefer. I'm
1: of, Mike, Mike, I'm an island of one. So I don't want to be a fan of a team that like trendy. Um, <laughs> weather fans are going to attach themselves to Bandwagon So we'll
0: teams. stop right there. I like it. Yeah. Who's your I favorite be, athlete? I want to be
1: sitting in the stands by myself. Let me put it like that.
0: I only watch soccer games alone. Completely alone. I've never watched with anybody. It's an odd phenomenon, actually.
1: Have you ever gone to, like, a... Uh, like, a, say, like, like watched the Chelsea game at, like, a Chelsea bar?
0: No. The closest I've been is I went to see Manchester United versus Manchester City in New York City at a soccer bar. But I was with people that didn't like soccer, so I felt the weight of that a little bit.
1: Interesting. Do you think uh, if you had, like... Do you think if you were friends with people who liked the same team as you and you were, like, geographically, you know, if you were close to each other, do you think it's something you would like to do, or do you think yeah. it's a... Uh,
0: I absolutely do. It's just to get to a soccer bar, I'd have to go down into D.C. and try, and commute for two hours. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to, at, to watching like, the game with other people. Although I do like watching it alone. There's something something nice about just kind of curling up on the couch and being completely absorbed in the game
1: i get it i I think like i said i mean i I know the games themselves are like very different but i do i do think on this like philosophical level like basketball is like almost like religion in a weird way um i think there is something there's a lot to be gained from taking in soccer or basketball just like a deeply individual deeply like self-reflective personal level and like some of the some of the biggest decisions i've ever made as a person and some of the hardest times i've had in my life i've literally gone to a gym like that i knew was going to be empty just so i could shoot around by myself
0: shooting around by yourself is yeah i do it all the time my gym for some reason never has pickup games they have a full court and no pickup games i'm always like what the fuck is going on here
1: I, i i have always said that like the closest i ever feel to like and I'm not, not getting religious, not getting into God, nothing like that. But the closest, personally, I ever feel to God is in an empty gym when I'm shooting around by myself.
0: There's something cathartic about, about yeah. putting that ball through the nylon, yeah. for sure. All right, you're going to like this question. Who's your favorite athlete out of these four? Anton Jameson, Derrick Rose, Bryce Harper, Tom Brady – or E, I have never heard of Anton Jameson, which I know you know who that is.
1: Wait, wait who was the last one?
0: I have never even heard of Anton Jamison.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean that whoever answered that question, you know, fuck off. Go to hell. Life. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, one. I mean, my least favorite of that mix is Tom Brady. Um. My. As second, a
0: Boston guy. Dude,
1: I, I I I don't know if we've talked about this. I really dislike New England sports. Um.
0: I don't know if we have talked about that.
1: Yeah, I, I like have long my entire life I've always like really, really, really reviled most New England sports. I have like somewhat of a soft spot for the Celtics, but like Red Sox and Patriots I really, really hate. Uh, um, but so Brady's out. Bryce Harbour plays baseball, so he's out. <laughs> uh, I mean like if I was going to pay money to watch Derek Rose fight probably rather watch Derrick Rose play but yeah I don't know I I, but I like I'm way more of a fan of Anton Jameson so I guess Jameson
0: Jameson all right all right I might it might be too late I think I clicked Derrick Rose let me see if I can backtrack. all right we're good Anton Jameson here we go all right pick the team you hate the most I know the answer the first one's the Patriots or the Cowboys Seahawks or I don't hate any of these teams.
1: Oh, it's definitely the Patriots. No yeah. the questions, no questions asked.
0: All right. Pick the team you hate most. This is a good one. You're going to like this one. The Warriors, the Lakers, the Knicks. I just hate super teams. Or I don't hate any of these teams. I mean, does James Dolan count? It, it, are we, it's,
1: it's, can we... Can we say the Knicks just on the basis of James Dolan?
0: He is the Knicks yeah. more than any of the players. He's lasted all the generations.
1: Yeah. The Knicks by far. No question. By far.
0: Pick your favorite player among these. I wonder if you'll know who these, you'll know some of them. Cristiano Ronaldo, Harry Kane, Wayne Rooney, or Wilfred Zaha. So I bet my, you do who Zaha is.
1: My favorite players of all, of all of them. Who's my favorite?
0: Yeah, or I don't know any of these guys. Is the is the fifth?
1: Now, okay, I could be wrong about this. Is Zaha? Is he African and young?
0: He's African and young, yes, and he's and a he's good American. player on a bad team, a uh, decent team.
1: What team is he on?
0: He's on a team called Crystal Palace.
1: Crystal Palace, I, actually, I knew. I actually did. I knew that. He's Zaha, that's my guy.
0: All right, that might make you a Palace fan. We'll see if the quiz is geared towards that question. Although he might get sold. He might uh, He might leave in January. <laughs> so they yeah. do – actually, they do like – so they cl- have a trading period in – not trading. It's called transfer window t- until August. Then all the leagues start. And then in January for one month, they have another period where all these moves can be made.
1: Do you think if the if the NBA just radically set itself up to completely model itself after the – League, you think that would make it better if, like, let's say we there's 30 teams, or like in my dream scenario, there's 20, like well, we'll keep it at 30. Let's say there's 30 teams, and then we put like legitimate G League teams and like 30, 50, 30 other biggest markets that make the most sense to support a G League
0: team. Yeah.
1: Relegation. Do you think that would make the NBA better?
0: I'm getting goosebumps hearing you say that. I think it would be, I think it would be epic if a team like Sioux Falls could be promoted to the first division. Then all of a sudden this like small town team from South Dakota as an NBA team. Like to me, there's nothing better. It makes the entire standings relevant. And,
1: I mean, yeah. like how do we think James Dolan reacts when the Knicks get relegated and then the little team in Long Island has a spot in the NBA?
0: I, it would be, force him to reconsider whether he wants to be an NBA owner and it would be excellent for the league.
1: I think too, like what people complain so much about with the NBA is comp- is kind of the uh, level of competition right now. Um, especially with like load management, you know, I know a lot of people are pretty pissed about that and you know, everything like that, that goes into that. I mean, would that, would that do something? To some of, some of those things?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Short season would be good, but adding promotion relegation, that would do it for me. I, I think you're actually opening up the American game to a lot more people, too, because there'd be a lot more roster spots available. The that's, NBA is the hardest league to make in the world, and that's the, that's a fact. You only I'm have five sure. guys on the court. There's only, what, 14, 15 on a full roster? That's Wait, awesome. Mike, that's
1: really nice. Mike let, me, let me, not to completely change gears here, but... You're so right. And the thing that makes me so upset on Twitter is when 18-year-old NBA fans bashed players from previous generations of the NBA when there were less teams and less roster spots.
0: They were all very good at the game. Think, the, the,
1: think, about, the, this, think about this. There was At one point in the NBA, it was a league of 80 players. That's crazy. Think about how good the NBA would be right now if it was an 80-player league.
0: That'd be awesome. It'd be great.
1: Every team would conceivably be a super team.
0: How many games are they playing at that point? Do you know?
1: Well, they're playing They're playing the same amount of games.
0: Dang. Dude, Such a long this season.
1: This is the thing that, that – uh, again, and I could go on a tangent. But I won't go on a tangent about this, but – the thing that drives me crazy about when people be smirch Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> we consider Bill Russell to be a top five center of all time. A lot of people consider him to be the best center of all time. Wilt Chamberlain had to play Bill Russell 13 times a season sometimes.
0: Yeah. That's a that that makes it even cooler to me that they had to play 13 times. Yeah cuz you I mean, get to know a player's game, you get to know a team's game game. And, and NBA playoffs with the series, that's a good look. I do like that.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And I mean just imagine how uh, how we would th- we talk about think about like Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid if they had to play each other 13 times this year.
0: Epic. It would be epic. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Two more questions. All right. Do you care about your team having a history? No, not as long as we're good now. It's important, I guess, but not something I care a lot about. Yes, I'd prefer to support a team with lots of history.
1: Uh, I mean, history just in terms of winning or, or – or, I mean, what's the – what? I think how,
0: history of the club.
1: Yeah, I, that's definitely important to me. I mean, when I grew up, one of the reasons I hated the Red Sox was I found their history so abhorrent. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, like, like history – Definitely, the history matters to me of, of how I... But at the same time, that's not to say I wouldn't be a fan of like an expansion team. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough question. Um, if I was choosing between two teams that whose rosters, uniforms, stadiums, cities were like pretty much the same on paper, but one of them had a history and the other one didn't... I, I, wait, I think I said that wrong. Basically, if, if I was choosing... <sighs> Two teams that were identical, and one of them had like a really long, interesting history, and the other one was two years old. I'd probably take the, the team with
0: the history. Yeah, and there's some pretty crazy history in some of these clubs. They're they're 250, 300 years old, some of them.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely. Some, wild. like a lot of them started in the 1800s. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> America wasn't even a country, and some of these clubs I mean, they were. were they
1: were basically playing with the heads of like their fallen enemies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there is some crazy World War One, World War Two stoppages and
1: Well, just... I think I there was a play about this in San Diego last last winter. So I don't know if this is actually based on a true event, but the play was about World War One. There was like a Christmas ceasefire between like the English and the Germans, and I think they like ended up like playing soccer with each other.
0: Huh. So again,
1: I don't know the the historicity of that, but that's what the play was about.
0: That would be very cool if that's true. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. Last question. How much do you like soccer? (laughs) I love it. I like it. It's not my favorite sport, but if a game with teams I've heard of is on TV, I'll watch it. I just watched the World Cup. There's no other option.
1: I mean, I don't think any of those really, really are like my answer, but I guess if I, like, if I have to pick something in the confines of that, I mean, the truth is like the only time I ever watch is during the world cup. Yeah. But like, I don't, I think I like it or at least appreciate respect it more than that. But I guess, you know, you know, going by the, by the letter of uh, the question, I I don't watch during the world cup.
0: Yeah. All right. You ready for your test results? I'm ready. I like this. I like this pick for you a lot, actually. Okay. It's uh, Newcastle United.
1: Interesting. So, what 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 about them do you think would resonate with me?
0: What would resonate with you is that they have a young American right back, which is cool. His name's DeAndre Yedlin. So he's a he's a regular part of the U.S. men's national team, and he plays right back for this team. That's cool, and it's uncommon, really. Okay. Uh, they have. Alan Shearer is one of their notable alumni and he's England's all time leading scorer. And he spent his entire career at Newcastle, which is crazy because they were, you know, a mid mid table squad, but they're, they're premier league mainstays. Um, they've also got a guy named Miguel Almiron, who was a Par- He's a Paraguayan international and he just moved from Atlanta United, which is MLS's biggest club money wise to Newcastle United. And, that was last year in January, so he's had a full year there, and you know he, he's playing pretty good. He actually just got his first goal this year, but in general, you hear positive responses about him. Um, they've won four domestic titles, but have not won since 1927.
1: So, so we have kind of a uh, somewhat tortured fan base. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, I think that's completely completely accurate. They're also the northernmost club in England.
1: I like that.
0: Yes, yeah, so kind of like
1: For whatever reason. I kind of like that.
0: So yeah, it's like Seattle Sonics. They're they're pretty northern. I bet were the Sonics the most northern team in the league?
1: No, I mean they uh, they overlapped with the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies. Oh yeah, which
0: pour is one right. Out. Pour two, pour two out. Little hop skip over the border. Dude,
1: it's it's uh yeah man. Now you're, I'm just getting getting sad thinking about what once was. Um, so yeah, Newcastle.
0: Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna just start feeding you Newcastle information.
1: What what uh, how, what what like top to bottom? How good is their roster right now?
0: They so they just fired their coach, and since then they've gone on a bit of a, a winning spree. So they're right now they're 13th out of the 20 teams in the in Premier League.
1: Like this is Mike. This is what I'm comfortable with as a, as a Minnesota Vikings fan. Yeah. They need to have periods where they suck, but then they also need to have periods where they're really good and they instill this incredible false sense of hope in me only to get into a championship game and then just rip the carpet right out from under
0: me. I think so Newcastle's I a mean. perfect fit for, for you, honestly. Interesting. Yeah. And they're very lot, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings-esque. I'll,
1: I'll, uh, send me a uh, look at the schedule, send me some games, and, you know, when. uh, couple months if we do this again i'll i'll report back
0: you should try to watch it at a soccer bar in san diego and see if that gets your juices flowing at all and there are
1: actually a couple uh there are a couple soccer bars that are actually relatively close to me so that wouldn't even be that hard to do
0: and the newcastle magpies they have a pretty big american supporters group actually because they're an old club so they've been around for a while
1: i like I, i like the uh i like the magpie moniker
0: too Magpies, fresh jerseys too, black and white stripes. Interesting. There's a lot to be had as a Newcastle fan. I'm happy for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we. Uh, I'm glad we could. Uh, we could achieve this together today.
0: So any. Uh, I guess we're at an hour, right? Uh, any rants for you?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm really trying to uh, be. And honestly, I'm saying this. It's like a. So yeah, I do have a rant for you. But before I say my rant, like, it's 2020, it's a new decade. I'm in, I'm in a new decade now, like, you know, personally. So it's like, I want to be a better person. So um, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But something that I, I see on Instagram a lot, social media that, like, really annoyed me, was when pe- when I would see people posting things like, in 2019 I learned to love myself. And I'm like, listen, like, that's a great sentiment. So like really, that easy to learn to love yourself and just like, no. like I think like learning to love yourself is like a lifelong process, right?
0: I'm not sure I'll ever really like myself, huh?
1: I I like I can't I mean most of the time I like, can't stand myself so just I don't know maybe
0: even just, this morning my whole because when we got on the phone I was very crabby I couldn't stand myself all day just a dick
1: yeah exactly so I'm like my 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 gut feeling on people who say things like that is they're either very very vapid and vacant, <laughs> or they actually hate themselves as much as I hate myself and like putting that out on the social media world is like their way of getting affirmation.
0: It's like a little pep talk I think. I think people do use it that way just not me
1: Yeah, no, I just like, so yeah I, I, like I said, I want to be a better person but, but when I saw I saw a few people on social media who were like I learned to love myself in 2019 and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way oh
0: amen what a what a great rant
1: <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> you're welcome uh i've got no rants just that you you are now a newcastle united fan and i'm gonna force feed that information to you
1: like i said send, send me some marquee games over the next couple months i'll i'll i'll, I'll watch a few
0: and then we can okay. reconvene all right beautiful peng, peng. just writing it down so i remember This is an ode to Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley, can you hear me?